This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blah! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. We're getting deeper into December, Joe. Holiday season. Kids are already out of school here. I know you're still in school back there in Boston. Uh, how are things otherwise? Can you believe that my kids are supposed to go till Friday, December 22nd? That is nuts. I'm out on the 21st, though, and so are my kids because uh, we're leaving. But yeah, things are going well gonna i'm like my kids have a concert tomorrow at school and i'm gonna take the rest of the day off because i'm gonna miss one i'm gonna miss like 75 percent of my class time anyway for taking off the morning and so uh I'm, my jess and i decided we're just gonna take off and do this we're gonna go do that christmas shopping thing because we are like very far behind normally it's our oldest daughter that we never have any idea what to get for her we have like everything all set for her. And then for our other two kids, we got like nothing this year. So not all of us live with a toy factory, toy warehouse, uh, you know, connected to our house. So, you know, we got to go figure something out. This is the part where I would brag having been done with Hanukkah already and all the presents where we don't have to do it, except we celebrate both Christmas and Hanukkah in our house. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of presents, but I think Jasmine's on top of that. So I'm glad to hear that. I got her presents. I got everybody else's presents already. So I'm good with that. And uh, we're sneaking off to San Diego. I need the two more Hyatt nights to hit 60. And I was supposed to hit 60. This wasn't supposed to be an issue. It stinks, Joe, because obviously up until a couple months ago, it was always a, an option to use MGM resorts for cheap Hyatt stays. I live in Las Vegas. Perfect. I could have just gone to Excalibur, picked up a couple $30 nights, and called it a day, got my two nights that I needed, uh, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, so we're going to sneak a little trip down to SeaWorld San Diego to get a couple of extra nights and make a little trip for this week, squeezing it in between everything else. I think that your schedule's better, though. I would rather the kids be out of school that first week of January, too. I don't know, but uh, that's They're not the not. case for us. They're not. They're, they only get one week off? They go back. So I report back on the second for meetings, and school starts the third. So no, you win in all, in all scenarios, you win. Wow. I've never heard of that. I always thought two weeks for winter break, but I guess not up it's, there. Huh? Yeah. You know, it's cause it's cause, and then everyone in the Northeast knows this. It's because we have two more breaks coming before the end of the year. Like we have to have a break off in February because honestly, like the weather is just, it's, it's not good for mental health to not have a break in February. So we got President's Week off, and then we have another break in spring. And so that's how it is. New Jersey is a little bit different. Sometimes they'll just have one week in March or two weeks in March. But because of that, that's why like we have shorter. You know, So we have more breaks, but shorter. And so it kind of is what it is. Airfare, insane. You know, anyone who's listening to this from New England, I'll tell you what I do every single February and April break for flights, 
is I always book a flight with a super tight connection, make sure it's refundable, um, or at least like is with an airline, which if I get credit for a year, I know it, I'll use it within a year. I book the tightest connection I can. It's still not cheap. It's still like $400 or $500. This is if I'm paying with cash, obviously. Actually, I do it with points too. If it's a four or $500 you know, it ends up being four or $500 round trip, which is still not cheap, but like to Orlando, it's like 700 each way. If you book a nonstop flight during these times, it's insane. And then I wait for a schedule change or I pray for a schedule change. And, you know, especially with JetBlue, since I'm Mosaic, they like will move me and stuff. But like, that's the only way I can fly anywhere in February and April break because people, people need to get out of here. Cause it's, it's nuts. It's more expensive during February break than it is to fly at Christmas, which is just bananas. So I saw on YouTube from Wendover Productions, a big YouTube channel, a the beginning of a video. I got bored, so I stopped watching it about how Boston's subway system became the worst in the country. So I, I put that on the list to, to go back to later. I did want to talk about it, but then, like I said, I got bored and I had to move on because I don't have much of an attention span these days because I'm just a typical American. And anything more than 30 seconds, Joe, and it's really hard for me to sit through. Definitely agree. Before we get into whatever we're talking about this episode, Sean, Miracle of Miracles, Benji listened to last week's episode this week. And we, for those of you who didn't listen to it, we talked about, you know, an article he had written about, about choice hotels and they have how they have a good breakfast policy and at least at the hotel that Benji had stayed at and that we were ignoring it sometimes. And I said, I was like, I was like, how do you even earn like, how do you get choice points these days? And I was like, I'm sure Benji will tell us in a month when he finally listens to this episode. He listened to it last week and he gave me a response. So I just wanted to update people and tell you what he said. So Benji said to me, city thank you point to choice is one to two, an excellent return. And choice, priv- choice privileges select MasterCard from Wells Fargo is outstanding, although down from the 90K elevated offer. So there you have it. Uh, if you're looking for choice points, thank you points sounds like the way to go, which actually, Sean, I have like, I never used my thank you points. And now it's like, I should actually look into this because choice hotels is probably better for my bigger family too, as certain in certain places. You always complain that I don't remember what we say. I'd said on the show last week, the city thank you point thing. And I've actually talked about it quite a few times. So I'm going to be a little offended by that, Joe. Uh, you know what? You selectively forgot enough. what I said. It's fair enough, especially since I listened to it twice. Minimum of minimum of two times I listened to it already. But so. yeah, it, it's great. And I think it's a good reminder for people out there to do that. And like we talked about, you know, to have it as part of your rotation and checking, especially people like me. I have a lot of thank you points and I'm not finding that I'm using them all that much anymore. And I haven't cashed them out like I have with American Express and Chase. And I do find like with Chase, I'm using up for a lot for Hyatt. So that's a pretty good use of them. American Express, I've used some for airlines and then I've cashed out some. Thank you. I haven't been earning as many, but I haven't done a lot of things with them. And, you know, sometimes just being able to get a cheap hotel on the road with points that you're not using for a ton of other stuff anyway is not a bad deal. Plus the two for one is a good thing. I think choice, you still have to, what is it? A hundred days, I think is when they release the ability to book awards. So you can't really book these far in advance. That's a huge downside of choice. And then obviously their portfolio, but yeah, Benji's right. And I never really pay attention to the credit card because I don't really have a ton of use for choice points. And I have thank you points if I need them in a pinch, but they have had some good bonuses. And that is a good point from Benji. 
So definitely going to make sure to forget what you said about the hundred day thing so that I can ask it in a future episode and, you know, be like, what? why can't I use my choice points yet? Sean, I transferred so many from thank you points and I can't use them. So anyway, um, thank you, Sean, for saying it last week. Sorry for doing it. Of course, I probably didn't actually say it, Joe, and I'm just full of crap. But we have talked about it before. So I, I do believe I said it on the show, but maybe I didn't. Either way, it's a good reminder because... I guess at this point, we just need to keep beating them home. Every week, everybody out there, we're just going to talk about choice until you book your first redemption just to make up for this, right? Yeah, please don't tell us, but Sean and I know that we repeat stuff. And like sometimes like on purpose, sometimes because we literally forgot we were talking about talked about it before we know that you know and we know that i'm sure just because i'm a podcast listener i know how i feel when this happens i'm sure it annoys some of you you know our apologies think of it this way i was always taught in fact maybe i said this before on the podcast sean i don't know but in teaching school i was taught you have to say things three times because one third of the class only is listening at any given time and so if you say it three times that's like your best chance of having everyone listen so when we are repetitive on the podcast just think of it as you know it's for the other two-thirds that's why we're repeating it you heard it the first time though thank you for listening yeah thank you to everybody if you're that hardcore and you're listening and you're hearing it so much thank you for that there are new people that come and go people don't listen to everything and so if something's on our mind and you know it's exciting to talk about we will and then you might see us talk about something a couple times over the course of a month, month and a half, and then not talk about it for a while because we're just like you and we're, we talk about what we're excited about, what's going on. And, you know, not that I'm really excited about choice, but I have had a, a good redemption, one single good redemption, Joe. So that's enough for me to, to do it. But I will be the first to admit that I don't always, cho- I don't always search them. And like I talked about on the last week's show, Benji's Comfort Suites, that new one that he stayed at in Orlando, very impressive property, one that I would absolutely stay at. And so that's showing you what their new product is, which is very competitive, in my opinion, to anything new from Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, in that limited service sort of realm. So there you go. Uh, was not sponsored by choice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're not, sponsored by, we're not sponsored by anything. So not today, at least. Not today. So, uh, yeah, you had this idea of talking about our naughty nice list for this year. So I thought maybe we would save that for the end of the show and go over some of the things that have happened this year that we think are naughty and nice. It doesn't necessarily have to be the big headlines either. It could just be things within our own relation to miles and points and travel that are naughty and nice. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we do that, Benji wrote this article about 2% cashback cards and how he wants to like get as many as possible, meaning that he is hoarding 2% cashback cards. And I think this is really interesting for a couple of reasons. First, 2% cash back is sort of like the low hanging fruit for a lot of people. In fact, if somebody is really like averse to credit cards and they don't want to get a lot of rewards cards and they don't want a lot of hassle and complication, I often recommend a 2% cash back card because I feel like 2% is a decent enough return on your spend where you are, you know, getting something good back, not giving up a ton of value. And if you just want that simple card, you can do that. And obviously the biggest one, City Double Cash, but there are tons of 2% cashback cards, most of them with no annual fees. Almost every credit union, uh, tons of smaller banks have them. And Benji wants to collect them because he wants the, the additional bandwidth and always wants to have that backup card to use. And as somebody for my reselling and over the years, 
I've found that to be incredibly valuable as well. I have 2% cards from like Synchrony and a few others. I have the City Double Cash, obviously the Blue Business Plus, one of my favorite quote unquote 2% back cards, even though that's earning membership rewards. So I do think that this is a valuable strategy. I also think, and I wanted to ask you, do you ever recommend that to somebody who comes to you for credit cards who's not a, they don't want a hundred cards. They don't want to deal with all this. Maybe they don't travel all that much. And you just say, just make sure you're doing 2% and that's good enough. Yeah. So two things, like number one, I feel like I have 2% cards and, you know, I would say maybe two weeks ago, I finally hit, um, you know, this, like I, I've locked down globalist status, so I don't need to do any extra spending on the world of high credit card to top that off. I have hit where I want to hit with JetBlue, so I don't need to top that off at all. But I find that in my everyday life, I've just been like using those two cards because they're like literally at the top of my wallet and sorry, Benji for saying literally, but Really, what I should do is pull out one of my 2% cashback cards. Maybe I'll do it right now while we're on the podcast and throw that in my car and throw that in my wallet and use that for the rest of December because there's, there's no real, you know, added benefit of using either of those cards. I know some would argue there was never any added benefit, but, you know, we each have our own thing. So I think this is a great article, great reminder from Benji to always have a 2% card ready so that when you're not spending to something, you're getting kind of the most that you can. Of course, there's bonus categories and stuff like that, but who has time to think about all those things? And the other thing I was going to bring up is I have people ask me if like the Disney Visa is any good. Most 2% cards, especially with sign-up bonuses, and like there are 2% cards with sign-up bonuses and no annual fee that can do better than the Disney Visa, and you can just use that cash for your Disney trip. So that's like the time where I'm often bringing up, because those are typically casuals, right? They're like, oh, we're going to Disney. I want to earn some points or earn something to save it. Should I get the Disney visa? If you like nine times out of 10, well, maybe seven times out of 10, the answer is no, don't bother. Just get a cashback card and just use that cash. You know, as long as you can make sure you will use that cash for your trip, that's where to go. So, you know, I think cashback is too ignored by me and by others because because, like the points are the sexy thing. Um, And, you know, I fall victim to that all the time. For sure. And I mean, I think something like the Blue Business Plus is a great a medium, right? There's no annual fee. You get capped on 50K in spend, but you're getting 2X membership rewards. That's probably my go-to. Obviously, that's a business card, so that's not for everybody. But you do make but you do make a good point about things like the Disney card and some of the cruise line cards are similar in this way in that you're using a co-brand card and you're earning basically currency in whatever they're doing, but you're only earning the equivalent of the cash back. So why not just get the cash back and then you can use it for whatever you want instead of locking your spending into Disney. You know, the Disney card has what, 2% in certain categories, but you don't even earn 2% everywhere. So you're earning one X on a lot of your purchases. So why do that? Uh, it's funny enough, Joe, I just picked up the Disney Premier Visa. They had a $400 bonus. Uh, I've been meaning to do that, but mainly just for the sign up bonus and also for referrals because you can refer and get Disney dollars that way. And there's a couple other perks, but it's always a good reminder that, yeah, don't just pick up a card because it's co-branded. What are you earning with that? What could you earn elsewhere? And then just don't be ashamed if you want a simple strategy. It's 2% is 2%. And yeah, you can do things like B of A, right? You can park 100K there, get platinum honors, and then you're getting 2.625% cash back. I actually do have that. So 
that would be in addition to the Blue Business Plus, I would use one of my B of A cards as my sort of backup for cashback. You can do all this stuff, but if you don't, you're okay. And just a 2%, no annual fee card, sometimes that's the way to go. And it's also good to have those as backups, even if you're somebody who does a ton of spending like Benji. I feel like no matter who you are, having one of these as sort of a backup in your wallet for all those other purchases is great. And don't use cards that earn 1x, right? Don't ever earn 1x unless it's for a reason. Like Joe said, spending towards status or you have a goal that you're hitting, some other perk that you're getting along the way. But if you're just spending for 1x, especially in a lot of these programs where the points are worth half a cent each, you're really missing out. All right. I found my Bank of America Travel Rewards Visa signature. I think uh, just as we keep going, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm going to pick a cashback card to put in my wallet before the end of this episode, Sean. I'm going to do it. All right. Sounds good. Exciting. I'm in suspense to figure out which one you're going to choose. So we will reveal this after the commercial break, of which we already said there isn't one. But let's talk about Built really quick. Built has done a lot of stuff this year. Maybe they'll be on our naughty or nice list. They've added a lot of changes. They had that globalist promotion earlier in the year. And they've continued to add transfer partners. And now they're up to a total of 16, adding Avianca Life Miles to their program. Avianca is not a program that's rare. Most other programs have it. So this just sort of gets them another program that you can have elsewhere. But combined with everything else they have built, probably the best transferable currency, getting better. Another sign that there's... Another sign that they keep moving forward. I mean, Built has really tried to compete and they haven't taken their foot off the pedal at all. Yes, I think they keep, I don't think innovating is the word, but I think what has happened is, you know, as it's built market share, uh, no pun intended, they have been able to just increase the benefits and the values for others. So, you know, it's good to see that they're in- continuing to, you know, not, I mean, you, you find it with these programs, right? They start off and then they, offer you something like really exciting and then eventually and you know as of right now we're not at this point eventually they kind of start tapering off because they've gotten enough business and stuff like that so it's good to see that built is still in the exciting part of things where they're still in still innovating or again that's the wrong word but still adding value is the correct term for people and so yeah this is this is a good thing to see yeah and i do have a relationship with built so just disclosing that doesn't really affect the way I talk about them. It's not really a, a deep relationship at this point. It's just, if you really look at where they approached this whole space, where they came from, like an independent brand. Now, clearly they got the backing with Wells Fargo and partnered with them. And they've had a lot of big partners from loyalty programs and travel providers, but they went from nothing to you know, arguably the best transferable currency program. You could argue that there are other ones that are slightly better, but the point is that they went from nothing to competing with the best programs in the world when it comes to this. And that's truly impressive. And I think from the perspective of the community and everything that's going on here, we hope that it just keeps getting better because that's in more competition. It makes it better. And there's always been good opportunities to earn their points, whether it be the quizzes on rent day or some of the different diff- some of the different spending promotions that they've done and other things like that. They've made it fairly easy to pick up points, even if you don't have their credit card. And then those points can go to American Hyatt and all of these other places. I think, you know, if you like loyalty programs, Built is one that you should be happy about. And I've said it before, but you should have the app and 
you know, participate in some of their free giveaways, even if you don't have the credit card, which can be quite valuable. And as we said, their rent day promos, their spending promos have been very good. So people who have the card, I think have, I think they've benefited greatly. And I haven't talked to anybody in the community. And this is very interesting. When built came out, I would talk to people and they're like, well, that's not for me. I don't see the value in it. And now I go to like meetups and stuff. And so many people have the built card just because of their promos and everything else, even people who are not using it to pay rent. So that's been an interesting change. And I'm glad to see that they keep adding stuff and let's keep it going built because you need to do more, just more, 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 more. All right. Update. I was definitely listening though, Sean. I'm not going to make you repeat that same. I was just wondering how long you're going to let me ramble on. (laughs) Look, okay. I got my own. It's the end of the year. All right. We'll be a little bit more loosey goosey and I got my own stuff going on here. Okay. So I grabbed both of my bank of America cards, my cash rewards card and my travel rewards card, the travel rewards. I can redeem them for cash back and I am platinum preferred or whatever with bank of America. So, um, I, I switched my cash rewards bonus category to dining just because that's where, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing any huge purchases now, but I figure I can get 2.6% on, you know, I, I told you I'm going to go holiday shopping tomorrow. So I can get 2.6% on the travel rewards with that for the rest of the year. And then with the cash rewards, whenever I go dining, I can use that. Now, question for you, Sean, off the top of your head, what cashback cards that a lot of people are missing now? I was thinking about doing the Chase Freedoms. I have both the unlimited version and with a, which which is 1.5x on everything, and then the five percent category version. Um, but I don't think the 1.5x on everything. I think I think the Bank of America travel rewards will be fine as long as I can actually redeem them for cash. Um, are there any other like cashback cards that people normally have that I'm missing? I do not have the American Express one. I think one to consider is Discover for the double cashback the first year. So you can do the Discover It Miles or, you know, that's actually going to get you 3% back, I believe, the first year. So while that's not a ongoing thing, there's things to kind of look at for that. And that's unlimited uh, matching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, speaking of Chase Freedom, I mean, a lot of people in the hobby have Chase Freedom. And I, this is something I used to maximize every quarter. And maybe I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know, Joe, but I don't seem to be hitting all my Freedom cards every quarter anymore. And I'm a little disappointed in that. Thankfully, next year, it's going to be another quarter that's easy. And this is usually the one that I do hit and maximize, and that's grocery stores. They'll also have fitness club and gym memberships and self-care and spa services. So as a reminder, you get 5% cash back on up to $1,500 and spend per quarter in the specific category. So that'll be for Q1 grocery stores. So that will be something to keep in top of mind just for, I guess, you know, if you have a lot of freedom cards like me, probably hard to hit your grocery spending, you know, 1500, you know, probably 1500 for like one card. Somebody could probably just put that in their wallet, earn their 5x on their grocery spending over the three months and be happy. But if you have multiple cards, then you can start to think of other ways, buying gift cards, shifting your spending, stuff like that. But yeah, the freedom with those categories for Q1, maybe get it into your wallet now so that you have it for next year. Yes, that's a good point. And then I have gotten, I think we are the same. Like I definitely have not maximized Q4, uh, but with grocery stores, that should be easy. It's like you can do it all in one trip if, you know, 
I will probably try to do it all in one trip. So that that's a good reminder. And I, I find I never use my Chase Freedom Unlimited. I, I like I remember when it first came out and people were like, oh, have some of the five X ones and then just have a Freedom Unlimited like on the side. But you know, because there are so many two percent cashback cards. Oh, I guess the other one I have, by the way, is the Fidelity one, but I'm 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 not gonna bother. Like it's it's gonna be much easier to get the Bank of America one. So yeah, I think I don't know. I just the Freedom Unlimited. I it seemed like a good idea, but I like never use mine. I don't use it all that often. I mean, I see the argument if you needed the ultimate rewards and you're using them and you want to pad them. I don't think one and a half x ultimate rewards is worth less than two percent cash back. So obviously, depending on which card you have, cashing it out, you might not quite get two x. But uh, you know, I think in value, you're going to be fine. So I've used it too. I have a Freedom Unlimited and I've used that as a backup. It's when I'm usually when I'm getting to these second and third tier cards, when I'm doing a ton of spending for the reselling and I've spread, you know, a lot of spending in this very short period of time, I'm not really thinking about it. And the one and a half X Freedom Unlimited is one that I don't, I don't do. It's not top of wallet, but I would never hesitate to use it. And I wouldn't feel like I'd made a bad choice if I used it at all. But I'd be interested in hearing from people out there if they're using Freedom Unlimited, or if they prefer the cashback route. Because I can see if you were using a lot of Chase, even for Southwest, uh, but obviously Hyatt and maybe United and stuff where you would be okay doing that, where you want to just kind of keep padding your balance and funneling that into basically those programs. But I could also see where you want to just do the cashback and you know move on with your life. So I, that's a conversation I'm interested to have with people out there, because I'm sure everybody has a different answer. Yeah, and I would love to hear what people's favorite cashback cards are. Um, you know, especially if you only have one, like, and you're not like Benji, and you're like hoarding a bunch of cards. I'm not hoarding, but like using keeping keeping a bunch of cards to maximize the amount that you can get all at once. So, um, yeah, let us know next year though. So naughty and nice lists. It's been an interesting year. I feel like 2023 was the year that we sort of got back to normal in the travel space. And I spent a lot of the year on the road, so I guess I can speak to this. 2022, kind of coming into it, we were still full-on pandemic mode, and everything was still mostly shut down. And when you traveled, it wasn't a normal experience no matter where you went. And through 2022, we slowly started to see things open up. And then by the end of summer, I want to say into fall of 2022, people were starting to travel more normal, and everything sort of felt that way, at least in the Western part of the world. And Asia slowly started opening up, I feel like. And, you know, by this year, I feel like travel there was somewhat normal going to Japan and China and other places this year that I did. So it was an interesting year where I think 2023 was the year we got back to normal travel. And I think that is something for the nice list for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think the only naughty part of things being normal is, although honestly, no, I think I will leave it on the just fully nice list because 2022, it was like, it felt like normal volume, but the infrastructure or like staffing, and it's still not all the way back yet, but it was, it was rough. So, you know, the, just with the delays and I can't even remember if the Southwest meltdown was this year or last year, but that that's a computer thing. So that, you know, that, that could have happened any year, but in just in terms of delays and then like people being missing, like not enough staff and things like that, I think it was a lot better this year. So I will 
agree that that's on the nice list. On the naughty list, for sure, I feel like it can be on the naughty list every three or four years. Delta devaluations, definitely, uh, you know, but I mean, what else do we expect from Delta these days? Yeah, Delta did what they are going to do, and they pushed things further than the other airlines and made their program worse. What was interesting, and I'm not going to put them on the nice list for this, but we saw Delta sort of backtrack a little bit, too, and reverse some of their changes, make some of the spending changes less drastic, I guess, for status. And overall, it was definitely a negative, especially for their best customers. Uh, But just like all the other airlines, they're moving towards focusing on what you mean to them, how much you're spending on your cards, how much you're spending with them. And that's where you're going to get rewarded. So that's just a naughty, I think, for the entire loyalty space, because that's where we're headed. But Delta always wanting to push things one step further than their competitors. And unfortunately, they're usually trendsetters, meaning that everybody sort of follows them, too. So naughty for Delta, because the whole elite status thing not going to be as good in future years. I agree. Now, this next thing on your list. Sean, I was not sure whether you were going to say it's naughty or nice, so I'm really curious. But you put the proliferation of services and apps in the travel space. So do you think that's nice or naughty? And then I'll tell you what I think. Well, this is actually an interesting perspective, right? It's naughty if you're one of the people who likes to gatekeep everything and understands that some of the best awards are there because they're harder to find. And the easier access to the knowledge of all of this stuff is, the harder it is. I mean, I love to think of that we live in a world of abundance, Joe, but when it comes to miles and points, we don't, right? It's not an abundance. There's scarcity with the number of seats and everything else. And the last few years, it's been easier and easier to earn miles. Uh, We've talked, we've seen airlines talk about the billions of dollars they're making off their loyalty programs. And so the marketing is heavily behind these things as well. And services and apps have made it easier than ever to... uh, to, I don't know, to travel, to be in this space, things like point.me and seats.arrow for finding space. You have a various amount of tools for hotel alerts. We talked last week about, you know, Amex offers and max rewards and card pointers. And there's like so many tools. Travel Freely is my favorite one for organizing credit cards. So there are so many of these. And I would say it is a nice, but naughty if you're somebody who really benefited from some of this stuff being harder to, to do. Yeah, I was thinking it's naughty. Definitely not because, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm like the last person to gatekeep anything because I don't even have anything to gatekeep. I'm so confused all the time. I The reason why I think it's, the reason why I thought of it as naughty is because it's like, there's so many. It's so difficult to find the ones that work the best at all, period, or and then more importantly, like for you, and, you know, it's just, it's just another one of those things that, you know, I don't have time to like test out all these different apps to see what works. Obviously, if you find one that works for you, then you keep going with it. But I think as someone who doesn't use these apps regularly right now, although, you know, it's on my, it's on my list to look into max rewards and card pointers since now this is three weeks straight, not sponsored hashtag that we've talked about it on this podcast, but you know, you know, like unless you're someone like who's using it already, it just seems so daunting to think about like all the different apps that are out there. So that that's why, you know, it's on my naughty list. Not, not because of any gatekeeping nonsense. Don't do that. Yeah. It's definitely gotten complicated and keeping up with all this stuff. Another nicety is a flighty. I don't know if you've used this app. Here's another app. Now my friend Jay has told me about this app before and I've heard other people mention it and I never downloaded it. But when I was in Orlando for the meetup, 
I finally did. And Flighty is like a flight tracking app on steroids. And they have a lifetime membership. I think it's $250 or there's a monthly membership fee. And you're like, why would I pay money for an app that tracks my flight? But until you use this app, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's incredible the way that it's tracking everything from, you know, your incoming plane to the way it shows you information on how to get between gates and uh, everything. If you're really like a stats nerd or somebody who likes that sort of stuff, it uses the dynamic island on the iPhone in incredible ways. It is just perhaps the best travel app out there. I don't really know how they should really be teaching. They should really be teaching classes in app design because it's truly incredible. And uh, there's family plans too. So maybe you can team up with other people to save on the membership. But that's another one to look at. And one that I'm going to put on my nice list because I've started to use it. And I love it for all the information it gives me about my flights. The average person, I think, probably doesn't care about all this. But if you're nerdy in this hobby, I think it's something that you would enjoy. Uh, First of all, not sponsored. (laughs) But dude, I need this. Like, every time I'm on a flight, I don't I don't know. So maybe someone else can relate to this. But like the last few flights I've been on, you know, I go, oh, and then my parents, like, they just came in last weekend or a couple days ago, and I was doing it again for them. It's like I'm looking up – they do it for themselves. I'm doing it for them to figure out when their flight's getting in. It's like I look up my flight, and I want to know where the flight before came from. And with flight stats and stuff, it's like – I don't know. It's just difficult to find that info. I have to I, – I find, like, every time I'm doing it, I'm, like, reinventing the wheel. And then if I'm on my computer – it's a little bit faster because I can type, but if I'm at the airport and I'm on my phone and I'm just like typing on my phone, like trying to find it, I've always like, I'm at the point where, you know, it looks like here you can get a subscription for like $50 a year. Like you telling me this app, you know, I'm, I'm sure the walking maps and stuff, or, or yeah, actually sometimes I've been stressed with transfers too, like getting from one airport to another. And we have a transfer coming up in February that I'm going to be worried about. So you know, if, if it does that kind of stuff, like I feel like this is definitely worth looking into because just just for the incoming flight alone, I've just been finding that has become like more and more of a hassle. Yeah, for the incoming flight, it does amazing things. Now, obviously, as you said, there's other ways to track this through FlightAware, flight stats, things like that. A lot of the airline apps will show you. But this does the next level. It shows you everywhere your plane has been. Uh, it'll even notify you when your plane has taken off from the other city when it's on its way. Uh, There's so much information and it's hard to describe why you would need something like this. Download the app. It gives you one flight for free for their pro thing. So you can use it for one flight to see exactly all of the functionality. And I know a lot of people in this hobby who are paying for this and I would pay for this without even questioning it. If you fly a lot, just everything that it's doing is incredible. Like I said, the app design is next level and that's a big win for me, oh uh, I talked about it's Apple. It's Apple only. Yeah, I fooled yeah. myself again. Oh man, yeah, they use that dynamic island in great ways. Uh, but yeah, I think it's yeah Apple only. It's weird that they're not on Android though. But I guess there's no dynamic island, it's, so they can't. It seems like the kind of thing that I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. By the way, dynamic island, and you don't have to tell me. But it, it, it seems like the type of thing that would like be geared towards android type users maybe maybe i'll be now from now on when i fly i'm like jess give me your phone i'm gonna have two phones in the airport until we leave so you see how it goes yeah and it's app only right it's not like on the computer too i i which totally makes sense because it's it's for when you're traveling right yeah so sorry joe sorry android people out there uh, but give that a try 
I wanted to say on the nice list too, status matches galore, especially towards the end of this year where American and Hyatt, you know, gave me that platinum pro status, which I turned into the frontier status. I also turned it into United status, which I've used quite a few times. Never got an upgrade on United, but at least got the extra legroom seats and stuff like that. I've been doing status matches so much over the last decade that it's sort of insane and always on my nice list every year, especially when you're given something and then you can parlay it into something else and something else. And uh, that's maybe the most beautiful part of this hobby. Maybe not the most beautiful, but it's up there. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. I kind of hopped off of doing that. I only do it when I feel like I need it. Um, But you were traveling a lot this year and, and you travel a lot more than me in general. So I do think that deserves to be on the nice list you know it's always good when we can leverage competition to you know make make our lives a little bit easier or up our status a little bit so that's pretty good except for freaking JetBlue giving out mosaic three status to delta golds or whatever for nothing jerks no i'm just kidding i don't care i don't gatekeep like i said i'm happy for you all a couple others that i had a good thing wells fargo launching transferable partners, uh, which we still don't know all about, but that's happening. So another huge transferable program, which is interesting because they also have Built under their umbrella, although Built is a separate company, but they issue the Built card. And I already said all the good stuff Built has done. Hopefully they continue that. On the negative side, Amex, that Amex 2023 is the first year where their new guest policy, I think it started in February of this year, where you can't really bring guests or you got to pay for them. That sucks for families like us. That's a uh, naughty in my book. Yeah, definitely. Boo hiss. Like, I think that was like one of the most, and I mean, everyone gets it, right? Like everyone gets what the problem was. I even get that. Like there's too many kids in there, but I, I think when it comes down to it is they just did way too good a job of advertising their platinum stuff. And so there's too many, you know, too many people are, have lounge access in the first place but then it sucks that the way that they like have dealt with it is to you know make it so that people with families uh, aren't able to go you know i get it from a business sense and i also get it from a just user sense right like it's not like those lines outside the lounges are good either but at the same time you know i don't know just build more lounges okay you 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 charge us 695 dollars a year like come on make it happen We just need more Capital One lounges. Come on, Capital One. The lounge you announced in Las Vegas two years ago has not even started construction yet. And you know that's going to be the same problem, right? Once they... Yeah, of course. Well, there already is. Yeah. Yeah. In Dallas, they already have a wait list the last few times I've been through there. But I'm just not a huge fan of the Centurion lounges anymore. They're definitely better than nothing. But considering I can't go there with my kids or I'm too cheap to do the guest pass. I mean, we have multiple platinum cards. Like I should be able to use two of my platinum cards to get my daughter in, you know, one for me, one for her. Come on, American Express. You're taking the annual fees so many times and then you're not even letting me do that. So that's a, a big negative. And I guess we should put on the naughty list some of the changes American Express made this year. Uh, we saw variable bonuses uh, come in the last few weeks. Uh, obviously they've changed the bonus structures and kind of group cards together by family type. And we still haven't seen the full repercussions on how all of that's going to be enforced, but American Express tightened their bonus rules this year for sure, and that's got to be on the naughty list. Yeah, definitely agree. Not a great, not a great year for them. Although, you know, maybe we'll see that that ends up just being kind of a a threat in 
just a threat and practically we'll be able to still get cards, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so you wrote Disney something. I assume that <laughs> I assume that you just did want to want to do something naughty or nice Disney related. Yeah. I figured we could find something to complain about with Disney. So I, I don't know. It wouldn't be this show with us without us doing something Disney related. You got anything on the top of your mind about it? I mean, I think one of the Disney nice things, obviously it's still way too expensive, but you know, crowds were down this year. And I think overall, actually, I don't know, you were just there, but for me, it made for a better experience overall, just because demand is down and because demand is down, like in 2024, there are going to be a lot of sales. So I think that's on the nice list Uh, for you, Disney fans out there. Everyone knows that, you know, Genie plus and the whole complications of planning Disneyfication, that's just perpetual naughty list. I don't, I don't see that ever getting simple, but um, yeah, I did like that. There were lower crowds and there was less demand this year. And yeah, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to say anything bad about Disney, but their stock price is definitely on the naughty list. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. I just wanted to say, Joe, that Disney World is the sixth happiest place on earth. I don't know. Just go go to any of the other resorts and it'll be better. That's all I'm going to say. That's my naughty and nice list. Having been to all of them in the last, you know, year and a half and going back is Disney World since the first time I ever went there till today, it is the worst of all the Disney resorts, yet it's still so much better than a lot of other places. So there's a naughty and a nice, and I guess that's Disney World specific. I'm just pissing off all the Disney fans out there, that's all. No, it's fine. I mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's like the most controversial. I mean, obviously most Disney fans haven't been to like all the Disney parks, but I don't I don't think that's super controversial. I think Disney World makes it's like it's like it's like breadth over depth, right? You get you get more stuff at Disney World, but the quality overall, like in pound for pound, just doesn't feel the same as the other parks. Partially because you know it's like its own city. It's not like Disneyland where it's concentrated in just a few blocks. So, all right, we got anything? Yeah, else? I mean it's good and bad, but yeah, it's good and bad. But I just with Disney World, it's. You got to plan and you got to get your head in the game and it doesn't feel fun as much anymore as it used to. Whereas all the other places you can go, whether it's overseas or even at Disneyland and just show up sort of and enjoy the park and enjoy it like you used to instead of having to understand the whole ecosystem and what time you have to be up for this and that and all of the other stuff. It really has sucked a lot of the joy. Once I get in the parks, I'm fine, but Disney just needs to remember what it's like to go to a theme park, what that's about and they really need to get their managers to use their services. Like, get managers who actually go in the park and experience the park like guests. It's not even managers, be right? It's like a, it's like above. Yeah. It's, it's like you need Bob Iger to go through like a normal day. Yeah, I agree. But I'm still time, tired from having to wake up at 7 a.m. to get my stupid yeah. virtual yeah. cues a few weeks ago. I still haven't recovered yeah, from my did, Yeah, from you, my didn't, sleep. you didn't even have Genie Plus. So, yeah, that's crazy. That being said... You know, Disney, uh, you make things so complicated, sending my kids to college via Disney Deciphered. I'm just, that's a joke, obviously, but it does keep Disney Deciphered alive. So thanks, Disney, for making it so freaking complicated. Two more things before I end. Carnival, I want to say, since I talked so much about cruises on this podcast the last couple of years, they're on my naughty list for drying up with all the free cruise offers. So shame on them for not giving me more free cruises. Shame joke, on you, course, Sean. Uh, Bloggers killing deals. You talked about it on the podcast. You killed it. 
Yeah. So all of my free cruises, I think in the past, hopefully I'll get more, but honestly, they should be on the nice list for as many free cruises as they gave me, not for those drying up. And then I just wanted to say for Las Vegas, Fountain Blue Las Vegas just opened. That's a big nice for me. I just did the tour on the YouTube channel. So a little cross promotion here at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, the opening day tour. I was there on opening morning, but it was cool because Fountain Blue Joe, I don't even need to know to ask if you've seen that building because I know that you've been here since 2007, at least once. So that's that big blue building. It's been sitting there. Everybody in Las Vegas has been watching this thing just sort of stall out and be on the skyline. The tallest building in all of Nevada, occupiable building in all of Nevada. And finally, it's open. That's a huge win for 2023 for Las Vegas and for, I don't know, everybody who travels here and does all of that. And like I said, go see the video. But I'm so excited that that big monstrosity finally is occupied after all these years. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, I know there's a lot of content out there, but I will promote for you. YouTube.com slash Mouse of Memories is where you want to see Sean and Mark talk about that. But yeah, I mean, that's been a long time coming. I haven't been to, I, I, I realized that I don't think I've been to Vegas for maybe a decade. And so I need to go back at least at least nine years. I think maybe I went when Jess was pregnant with our son. So I got to go back, check out all these new casinos, play all this six, five blackjack. I don't even want to talk about that, but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, I guess, but it is cool. That thing is finally open. I've heard you say it a million times. I know that you're saying it the correct way, but I still can't, when I read fountain blue, like I'm, am I saying it right? I cannot get my brain to like, say it the same way. Every time I read it, this all all this all this uh, all this fake news out there about how to say it has confused me. Even though I know that you say it the right way, even though I'm sure you get like ten comments a day telling you that uh, you don't say it the right way. Quite a few, for sure. Uh, they've slowed down over time. I think as people have learned that it is Fountain Blue. I don't know why they spelled it the French way. And then there's people that say it Fontainebleau. Like so, they say the O with like a O, like a different sound, but then they say blue at the end in the English way. So they're sort of like mixing the French and the English pronunciations. But all you have to know is there's been a fountain blue in Miami since 1954, and this is the sister property, and it's also the fountain blue, and it's spelled like the French city Fontainebleau, but it's not that. And I did my best French there, Joe. I tried to say it the correct way in the French way, just so people would would know it. But it's cool. You should come here. A little fun fact behind the scenes of the MTM podcast. You and I have not seen each other in person since we started doing this podcast five years ago. And we have met in person a few times before that, but not since we started doing the podcast, which is so strange. It is strange. I started seeing your face every day on video and I was like, I don't need to see this guy's uh, face and body in person. I guess that's how it is. But yeah, I feel I body shame, to... Joe. I feel body shame. I'm, I'm just going to say it's, it. It has nothing to do... <laughs> I realized that came out badly now that I said it. So we should wrap up, but yes, we should definitely remedy that. And I do need to make it out to Vegas. I, I, I promise you this, Sean, if I start planning a trip to Vegas, not that I would expect you to change any plans because of me, but I'll be like, are you going to be around these dates before I start locking things in with people? Like realistically, it would be with my friends. So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that at least as of when we're planning, I know you take last minute trips all the time that, you know, we have definitely touched base before I put anything on paper. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And I could go to Boston too. So maybe one of these years I'll get out there as well. But it's been a fun year of doing here. this show. I guess you could see. I guess you could see Encore. 
do people care about yeah. non Vegas casinos on your on your channel? They do for sure. I do need to get to Encore, and I need to ride the subway system again just to remind myself of how bad it is. So a lot to do in Boston. You know, the Freedom Trail, all that good stuff. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that's good enough for the naughty and nice list, Sean. I think next time that we record the uh, conceit of Christmas will be gone because the next episode will be after that. This was a fun episode. Thanks for rolling with it. It was good to look back on the entire year. Definitely. And Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media, repeating what Sean has told me multiple times on Twitter. And you can also find me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net if you want to plan a trip to the sixth happiest place on earth. Or actually, uh, you can, I don't know, I don't know what your rankings are, Sean, but you, five of the six happiest places on earth, I can help you with. I cannot help you with Tokyo, Japan, which actually I would probably put that as number one. Oh, you like Shanghai the best, huh? I'm not going to say what's the one through five, Joe, but we know what number six is pretty clearly. So that's that's not a question. It never has been. It never will be for all Amazing. these years. As Amazing. much as I, I keep trying, I keep trying to make it come up on the list and it never does. But you can find me all over social media at Miles to Memories. YouTube, check out our Vegas stuff. I have that whole tour, fully produced, music, everything. YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories to see Fountain Blue the brand new Vegas Strip Casino. Everything we do at milestomemories.com. That's all our post podcast videos. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Fontainebleau.